Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Latest in the Marvel Universe, getting all the headlines this week, but a couple of other movies to talk about as well. Welcome, this is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we're from MadWolf.com. Check it out for all your written reviews and lots of fun stuff. But yeah, the big headlines this week, the latest reboot of Spider-Man, and this one is Spider-Man Homecoming. So to become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Do me a favor. Can't you just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? Just stay close to the ground. You're the Spider-Man from YouTube. I screwed up. You need to stop carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. I want you to understand. I'll do anything to protect my family. So don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody you love. I just got to do this on my own. Just don't do anything stupid. Well, we got a little taste, a little introduction of the new Spider-Man in The Last Avengers, Captain America Civil War, and the new Spider-Man is played by Tom Holland, young actor we love, and it gave us a nice glimpse of the sort of tone that this movie takes and runs with and is one of the reasons why it is so successful, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't expect to like this movie as much as I did. I really loved it. Yeah, I think that it's interesting, and I don't think we're alone. Most, a lot of people that I've talked to just don't feel like it's been long enough right. for another Spider-Man reboot. And I was completely disinterested until his little part in Civil War because he was just so exuberant and energetic and adorable. And I thought, no, I love this. I love this kid. And that's what I think the main charm about Homecoming is he is a kid. Yeah. Yeah, because one of the things you're thinking of in, a, in another reboot of Spider-Man, like, okay, we have to go through the bite again and Uncle Ben again and the whole origin story. And mercifully, this movie skips all that stuff and just hits the ground running, makes a few nods to it in a line of dialogue here or there about the bite or about this or that. But you don't have to go through any of that. You're boom, you're in. You know what's going on. He's a young boy. He's in high school. He's Spider-Man. And he, you know, he wants to be, he's waiting on an invite to be the newest Avenger. But Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., who makes a, a decent appearance in this movie, doesn't really want him thinking that way. He wants him to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and to be content with that for right now. One of the things I really enjoyed about the film, I mean, I enjoy superhero movies, but the sort of intergalactic beast planning to suck the life from the planet. The you villains, know, it's, yeah. the, it's, there's, you know, it's, it's, I liked that I mean, this is he's just sort of finding his legs as a superhero, and and it's and it's the villain is scary enough. I mean, it's powerful and important enough, but it's not. He's not going to crush the earth. The entire fate of humanity doesn't doesn't hang in the balance. And I liked that because well, I really think it fit who this kid is and 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 what the tone the movie set. Plus, it not only fits that, but it fits if you're really thinking about the entire Marvel universe. If the villain was that big, it would bring in all the Avengers. Then, right. Really. Right. This is one that, that Spider-Man can handle himself. And, and he's played by Michael Keaton, who's, played, you know, always, you know, he, he does a great job with, and, and it was good for this character, he can be sort of simultaneously a psychopath and, and a very likable, charming guy. Right, right. And he does a great job with that. And the, the villain is the Vulture, sure. who has an interesting backstory. Yeah. I, I assume that he came from the comic books. As we're not familiar with the comic books, we were not familiar with this villain. 
but he has an interesting backstory. And yeah, it's played by Michael Keaton. You can't go wrong there. But it's great because there's been talk, I think, really in the last few years, especially since the success of the Marvel Universe, with the amount of humor in the Marvel movies. And a lot of people have problems. And I think they make good cases for the fact that um, too many times the humor is too forced and, and comes at the expense of the drama or the expense of the action in some in some ways, undercuts it. I think you can find more examples of that in Civil War. But here, it's perfect because the amount of humor, and there's a lot, it's there funny. Is, it is funny. But it all, to me, it served to reinforce the fact that this movie's worldview comes from that of a teenage boy, right. a 15-year-old yeah. boy. Mm -hmm. And it's great because they find it, not only Tom Holland, who... I think we were first introduced to in The Impossible. Yeah, he's so he good. He was great. And he, he obviously, he's, you know, gone gangbusters since then. He's now, uh, you know, Spider-Man. But he's got a lot of talent. And he, even though he just turned 21, he looks all of 15. He does. And so he has that baby face look that's perfect for a high school wide-eyed boy. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's his, his performance, you know, really uh, brings that across. But also, it's nice because as they focus on him and his life, trying to get through, you know, the, the social pitfalls of high school. It's a nice contrast with the same way he's trying to get through what's expected of him as this superhero. Right. Especially when he's trying to navigate the brand new super suit yeah, that Tony God. Stark and Stark Industries have supplied him. Mm -hmm. And that can be a hoot. It's a, it's a nice contrast. But again, all the to me, all the humor was perfect for the tone that this movie sets, which... We, as we mentioned, is goes such a long way into making the movie the success that it is. Right. I mean, they had to take a they had to take a fresh approach because they did, yeah. you know we we just saw. I mean, honestly, the, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies are not that long ago, and that the Sam Raimi Spider Man Two is one good. of the best superhero movies ever made. And so, what I love about this one is that it, it just leaves that teenage angst behind. And I I don't think I realized how kind of weighed down the other ones had been with that. It's just nice for to, a bright, fresh, upbeat, fun movie. Yeah, the director is John Watts, who did a, a kind of a quiet but very well-received movie a couple years ago with Kevin Bacon called Cop Car. And and one I like yeah. called Clown, a yeah. horror film called Clown. Yeah, so talking about getting your training wheels, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> boom, he's got the latest in the Marvel Universe. And the, the writing team is really too numerous to mention. A great team of writers. Yeah, but, about 12, 13 people. Yeah, but I think you, you hit it there with the freshness. It, it resets everything. For me, it, it resets the character yep. of Spider-Man and Peter Parker back to a place where there's so much potential for growth mm -hmm. that it's, it's exciting. It just feels fresh again. And to me, it also reset the whole, the whole Marvel Universe and in some ways the whole superhero genre of films it just got me excited about it again i mean maybe part of it was because i didn't expect that much but i it, i was just so happy with the way this movie turned out yeah that it was so because fresh. it was fun it was so fun it's fun yeah it's yeah. fun and it, and, it, and it doesn't get like real burdened by these morose ideas or and then also aunt may is a kick <laughs> Aunt may marissa tomei who you know Tony Stark kind of has his eye on just a little bit, but, uh, you know, because she's all of a sudden, Aunt May has just gotten younger and younger <laughs> as, as Spider-Man has. But, yeah, it does have thrills, as superhero movies do. It's got wit. It's got humanity. And it's got just all the, the, the makings of a, of a real bona fide, worthy 
summer blockbuster. Yeah, and it's smart. It has good performances, and it has a surprise in there that is is yes. worthy of it. There you know? is. There's a nice little plot twist. It's not you know anything of the sixth sense variety, but oh, it's, no. it's subtle and it's genius. Yeah. Because when it hits, you're like, oh, that's just perfect. Why didn't I see that? But it 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 really turns everything that's going on on its face just a little bit and adds a nice little wrinkle. And there are two extra scenes uh, after the credits. The one, the last one, the very last one, pretty much played just for laughs. But oh, it's, it's hilarious. Hoot. It's hilarious. It is a hoot with another featuring another Avenger cameo. Uh, and this particular Avenger pops up a, few, a couple of times throughout the movie <laughs> to very humorous effects. Very, very. But definitely, uh, you know, sit tight for the very last one. It's a real kicker. So, yeah, two big recommendations from us for Spider-Man Homecoming this week. I think it'll do well. I think it might. Another one that's widening its release this week, getting a lot of buzz. It's a movie about a couple dealing with their cultural differences and a health crisis as their relationship grows. It's the big sick. I have to tell you something, babe. I've been dating this girl. She's white. A white girl? Hey, you can't look like you and a white girl. It's okay. We hate terrorists. I'm looking for Emily Gardner. She was checked in tonight. There's an infection. We put her in a medically induced coma. Coma. You should call her family. I think it screwed up with your daughter. Yeah, it did. Let me give you some advice, Kamal. Love isn't easy. That's why they call it love. I don't really get that. I know. I thought I could just start saying something and something small would come out. This is the new film directed by Michael Showalter, who did Wet Hot American Summer. He did Doris last year. He does a lot of sweet funny comedies. It's based on the life of co-writers Emily Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani, who is, he is a comic, a stand-up comic, and they uh, had a relationship that, that had some troubles. Yeah, this is based on, they're married, and this is based on, it's semi-autobiographical, based on their life, and it, it's so, well, first of all, as I've said many times, everything starts with the writers, and this is so well written, and it, obviously, it one of the reasons it feels so authentic is because it sprung from their life. And there's so much going on here, but almost all of it, I will say all of it, is just done so well. Yes, it is a comedy, but the comedy, the types of comedy kind of vacillates back and forth, goes all over the place. It can be corny humor. It can be really dark humor all of a sudden, silly, scatological humor from time to time, but it, it all finds its mark. It, Kumal plays a man named Kumal, who is a struggling stand-up comic in Chicago, and he has a very traditional Pakistani family. They, they still have very traditional views about how he should live his life and who he should live it with, and they're constantly trying to set him up with single Pakistani ladies, constantly bringing, him over, bringing them over to the dinner. He, he joins them for dinner at least once a week, and they're always setting him up. Well, he meets and starts a relationship with Emily, uh, played by Zoe Kazan, and as the relationship grows, she doesn't realize that he doesn't tell his family anything about her because he's worried about the ripples it's going to cause with his family. I mean, he, he knows they are very, very set on him marrying a Pakistani woman. And this would not sit well with them. So after they've been dating for a few months, this comes out. She realizes he hasn't told his family a thing where, of course, she... She wants him to meet the family and, 
her family and she wants to meet his and everything else. And so that causes a pretty much of a, you know, a, a very um, heartbreaking breakup. And this is right before she gets diagnosed with a very strange and ultimately life-threatening infection. And just like that, she's in the hospital and she's in a medically induced coma. And her parents come to town, obviously, and they're played by Ray Romano and Holly Hunter, both, both great. I mean, this entire cast is fantastic. And so then he wants to hang around the hospital, but her parents know all about him, and they know what happened, and they're not too happy to see him all the time. So it grows from there. Well, while she, while Emily is in the coma, Kumel and her parents bond a little bit while he's dealing with other things, his family. They still don't know what's going on with him and his comedy career. So there's there, it, the film juggles so many themes, but it does them all so well. You've got the humor of the uh, backstage comedy club you stuff. You love that. <laughs> I love that. In a way, it, rem it reminds me of Punchline. Sure. The old Tom Hanks movie where you've got these different characters, these different stand-up comics. And, you know, it's very authentic, in fact, in that they all have their different brands unique. of humor. Yeah, they're yeah. unique sense So of even humor. when they're just popping off throwaway lines, it all fits with the character. Oh, that's the kind of comic he is. That's the kind of comic she is. So that feels very authentic. The The entire movie just feels so incredibly authentic, and it, it it's smart. It's like, it's like that rare breed of romantic comedy that you seldom see in the wilds of the multiplex. It's smart. It has something new to say. It right. has a point of view. Right, right, it right. has... Yeah, it has interesting characters that you care about. And it, it, that's part of, for me, that's part of the the enjoyment of this movie is to realize how rare it is. And you just want to say, yeah, I, thank you yeah, for that. Yeah, I, I, and, and, and I, you know, I am, to a certain degree, I am the target audience for any romantic comedy. And I hate, I hate romantic comedies. Oh, they can they be... are so contrived yes. and insulting, and I hate them. And when you see, and, I, and, and the thing is, they're so popular and so formulaic, I really feel like it's really hard to do one well. So when you do see one that's done well, it's like a miracle. Yeah, especially when you bring in, you know how manipulative a health crisis can be. Absolutely. In any movie. We'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> in any movie. Uh, but it feels, again, probably because so much of it did come from their actual lives together, it, it just feels so authentic, and it's not used used for manipulative purposes each situation offers not only a chance for humor but a chance for insight i mean here right, you have right. his family a muslim family who's portrayed as just really any other family might be portrayed in a movie imagine that right wow what a concept but at the same time it does deal with culture clash generational Generation, clash yeah, yep. and also not only draws uh, some some educational points into the Pakistani culture, but also has some fun and some acknowledgement of the stereotypes that the movie knows are out there, obviously, because this man, Kamal, lives them every day. Right, absolutely. You know, so all that about it is so smart and, and so incisive and humorous, and it, it's also touching. It can, it can bring a tear to the eye sometimes. It's really got everything about it, and it uh, is, is done well. And the, the performances, the entire ensemble, just fantastic, down to the last random comic at the club. Uh, and there's so much to like about this movie. And it's expanding its release this week. And then I think it gets a little even wider release next, next week, week mm -hmm. out to Nationwide. So definitely, if it hits in your area, I would definitely recommend The Big Sick. It's getting great reviews, including from us, and right. for very good reason. It is worth it. Another one in limited release that we were actually pretty excited to see 
is a film about an ailing movie star who comes to terms with his past and mortality. It's Sam Elliott in The Hero. Lone Star Barbecue Sauce, the perfect partner for your chicken. That was great, Lee. Can you do one more? Have you ever heard of the Western Appreciation Guild? They want to give you a Lifetime Achievement Award. Lifetime, huh? Anything else? A job offer? A script? Not at the moment. Are you okay? You seem a little off. I did one film that I'm proud of. That was 40 years ago. Since then, I wouldn't say I've been achieving. Lee, Charlotte, Charlotte Lee. Hey, you're staring at me. I like trying to figure people out. So what'd you figure out about me? Not a thing. I'm nothing without all of you. What did you get into last night? I got offers, I got scripts. Love's the key to the games that we play. I want to get past this. You can't just decide to fix things. Give me a chance to write another chapter. It only takes this movie about 30 seconds in before you realize, oh, this was probably written just for Sam Elliott. It's true, just for Sam Elliott. And it's so, you know, it's so great, actually. The opening is almost the film's downfall. It's such a perfect opening because it's just Sam Elliott at a microphone in a, in a you know, in a recording booth saying, Lone Star Barbecue Sauce, <laughs> the perfect partner for your chicken. It's so perfect. And he does, of course, Sam Elliott does so many voiceovers, and that's one of his calling cards, that incredibly unique voice, and that's part of his character here. He's a longtime actor, who's now gotten getting more roles for his voiceovers than he is for his acting. Right, and he's primarily known for cowboy roles and that yeah, and his I mean he does to a to a to a great degree Sam Elliott plays Sam Elliott. And what <laughs> what's really happened is um co-writer director Brett Haley who wrote a film wrote and directed a film a couple of years ago for Blythe Danner called I'll, I'll See You in My Dreams and it's it's a it's a film about sort of you know renewing your life no matter your age and it, and it was very well received and Sam Sam Elliott had a small part in it so what he's kind of done is is the same thing only a gender swap so he's he's created a film that allows Sam Elliott to be the the lead and kind of to look at you know just just finding your stride late in life I can't think of anybody I'd rather see shoulder a film like that. Yeah. Except, I mean, I love him. And who doesn't? Right. He's so likable, and he's so he's become such a, a comfortable presence, both his, his on-screen presence and his voice over the years. But it also isn't long before you start to realize, well, in writing this movie for Sam Elliott, I think they basically just said, well, we're going to take some of The Wrestler, and we're going to take some of Crazy Heart, and that's what we're going to do. And yeah. really nothing any newer than that we, we just talked about a movie the big sick that manages to say new things and tread new ground over a well-worn path and this movie you know as as easy as it is to like doesn't really do that it doesn't seem that interested in doing it no it, it doesn't do much of anything honestly uh it, and i like sam elliott's character and one of the things i like about him is that uh he's a big old pothead so <laughs> and, and and the the joy of that is his drug dealer is played by nick offerman in yeah. a very different role for him he's yeah. goofy he he's very likable and goofy he's not the curmudgeon but he meets a young woman played by laura propon from um that 70s show and orange is the new black oh sorry yeah, and she comes over to she, buy some weed, she, and yeah, they meet. she does, and they meet, and so and so you've got this man, and he says it. He's seventy-one, so you've got a, a a young woman romance, 
Uh, he's also got a distant relationship with his daughter that he's trying to to contend with. Played by Kristen um, Ritter. He, and he's uh, he's receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award, which of course really reinforces the idea that he's not working again and kind of the, the end of his career. And then he gets a very bad medical diagnosis. It's too many cliches, and they don't do anything to overcome that. And, right. you know, you mentioned two brilliant films, Crazy Heart and The Wrestler, that, that took the same idea, which is sort of a man facing his mortality, and, and do something beautiful and brilliant with it, even though they do work, both of them, different parts of these, these cliche scenarios into it. They were brilliantly written. This is lazily written. It's kind of a mash note to Sam Elliot, which I'm, I'm all for, but he, they just don't execute anything. They really just ride on Elliot's charm, and it's not enough. Yeah, especially with the relationship with his daughter. That really ends up going nowhere. You've also got a smaller part with Sam Elliott's real wife, uh, the legendary Catherine Ross. Right. She plays his ex-wife, and they have some nice scenes together. They do. Two of my favorite scenes in the film, I mean, other than the comic scenes with Nick Offerman, my two favorite scenes in the film are the two of them together. Yeah, and they're handled very subtly, and, and, and I like the way it was done, but that's, not, that's a very secondary relationship in the movie. Mainly it contrasts the daughter with his new relationship with this new woman who's old enough, who's young enough to, to be, be his, his daughter. daughter. But they don't, it, they just don't really flesh it out enough. They have some fun with the older man dealing with the new generation because he, he gets, he's in this video that goes viral and then suddenly he's hot again. And that, that's, that's another one that's been done yeah. since the internet age. Like you said, it's, it's a mash note to Sam Elliott, perfectly fine idea, just doesn't really flesh it out enough to make it as good as a, of a film as we hoped it would be. No, it's just lazily written. One big one to recommend this week on VOD and DVD, and it's the latest by a director that we like a lot, Jun Ho Bong. His new one's called Okja, and it's about, if you can believe that, it's, it's about super pigs. It is about super pigs. So there's not a great deal coming out this week, and, and Okja was not a theatrical release. It is, it is right. streaming on Netflix, and it was made uh, and, and came out directly to Netflix, and I think that it did open in a handful of theaters, but primarily this is what it is, a Netflix film. And uh, the reason that we were excited about it, again, is because we love this director, Jun Ho Bong, who did Snowpiercer, probably the thing he's most famous for. Uh, he's a Korean director, so he's done three really great Korean films, uh, my favorite of which is The Host. So we were excited to see what he would do here. And this film is, it's about half and half. Half of it is Korean, half is English, English language. And Tilda Swinton plays twins. The Tilda. The Tilda. We adore her. <laughs> and, uh, and she's a, you know, like a, a food service mogul. And and uh, and the super pigs. She claims that they discovered a, a species in Peru, and they, for some reason, dropped one of these tiny piglets off in in ten different areas of the world. And we're going to come back in ten years, and the winner, the best, biggest, most delicious pig, is going to win a big prize and revolutionize the the uh, food industry. So, it, and it's it's treated in a way that's both sort of adorable and also. And we're going to eat you. So it's really he gets right away to this bizarre contradiction, uh, sort of, you know, uh, look how cute this pig is. I bet it'll be tasty. <laughs> but then it goes quickly to almost like an E.T. kind of a story with this giant, sweet, loving, adorable pig and, and, and the pig's best friend, uh, this little Korean farm girl. And then Okja, the pig, wins, wins the contest. And then, of course, they come to take it from the farm girl. And then she treks across the globe to save this pig. Charlotte's Web. Yes. So, but here's the thing is that, uh, and, I mean, it's so 
lovely the adventure with the little girl and the super pig. It's beautifully filmed. It's it's got almost a Miyazaki live action Miyazaki kind of a feel about it. But then it's going to take a really really dark turn. So what I'm saying is, you might think, especially from like posters, that this is a film to watch with your kids. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> they will cry. They will be disturbed. <laughs> uh, but it's very smart. A little heavy handed very broad comedy strokes that actually make, I think, the message harder, like more of a gut punch. But he's such a fascinating filmmaker. The cast is great. I don't think it's for everybody, but it's a it's a really interesting movie. So all in all, a pretty solid week this week with Spider-Man Homecoming and The Big Sick getting big recommendations and Okja and The Hero, a little, yep. bit, a little bit so. It might not be for everybody, but a pretty solid week this week. Another big one coming next week, War for the Planet of the Apes. We've already seen it. I can tell you, it's a good one. Yay! And we will talk more about that next week, along with a new PG-13 horror movie yep. called Wish Upon. Yeah. Sometimes PG-13 horror can be good, sometimes not. We'll find out. So keep the conversation going. We want to talk about any of these movies. We would love to, as always. Uh, easiest way to do that is on our Twitter. And we are at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D. W-O-L-F, also on Facebook. We're at Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website where you can find all the written reviews and other fun stuff is madwolf.com. So until next week, the Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and madwolf.com. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.